Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, we're going to talk about nine good albums. More specifically, nine good albums that actually made you. Albums that you can identify with. And albums that you feel are flawless from front to back. So I want you to think about yours. I'm going to give you mine. I'll drop the theme music and we'll get the podcast jumping. Let's get it. Welcome back. As I mentioned in the intro, we're talking about nine good albums. Now, I know you're sitting there wondering, what does this mean? (laughs) Nine good albums. Uh, The idea actually came from, or at least the first place where I saw it, uh, was my man Questlove from The Roots. Uh, He had posted this on his Instagram page. And It was pictures of nine album covers. And he said, basically, these were the nine albums that made him and nine albums that he thought was flawless from front to back. And uh, maybe about an hour or so later, uh, my homeboy, uh, BZ430 uh, from Dead End Hip Hop and Dead End Sports. uh, Shout out to B. uh, He posted the same thing on his page and he had nine different albums as well. And I thought to myself, I was like, that'd be dope for me to put on my Instagram page. But. The more that I got to thinking, I was like, I probably should just make it a podcast because I want to actually explain, um, you know, some of my reasoning behind some of these songs. And, you know, I've always said, like, you can understand people a little bit better uh, based on the music that they listen to. So, you know, for some of you, you'll get a chance to know me a little bit better by you know, some of the music that, uh, that I've taught. And of course, you know, I talk about music on this podcast a lot anyway. So without further ado, and these are in no particular order. Uh, here we go. Um, the first one I have is songs in the key of life, uh, from Stevie wonder, man. Um, it goes without saying that this is a flawless album, but This album really means a lot to me because I heard it so much around the house. Um, It means a lot to me. And Stevie Wonder means a lot to me. Uh, One of my biggest musical influences is Stevie Wonder. Uh, I grew up in a house where it was rare for music not to be playing in my playing in my house. Um, We always had music playing. And, you know, as far back as I can remember, um, you know, Stevie Wonder was one of the mainstays in our house. Um, and this album in particular and the hotter, hotter than July album, uh, got major <laughs> airplay in my house. Um, but I, I just, I fell in love with this album and, uh, you know, became a huge Stevie Wonder fan, even at an early age. Now this album came out in 1976. Um, I turned four that year. <laughs> so, uh, Needless to say, it wasn't something that I think I, I listened to at four. Maybe I did. I just, it, but it's one of those albums that I heard so much around the house 
that I naturally gravitated towards it. And again, you know, it was something that I grew towards loving. And, uh, you know, it, it, this album is flawless. It's phenomenal. Um, of course, I don't have to run down the songs for on the album, but it was a double album and it had, you know, smashes like I wish um, knocks me off my feet. Um, what else was on there? Um, as uh, <laughs> which is another Stevie Wonder favorite, uh, Sir Duke. And uh, of course, the timeless classic, uh, Isn't She Lovely? Um, which, you know, will pull <laughs> at your heartstrings if you listen to the words closely enough. Um, so yeah, man, just, and that's just to name a few, but I mean, that, that album, uh, I never get tired of listening to it. And it, you know, in a lot of ways, it, it takes me back to my childhood. So, um, that album in particular and Stevie Wonder, um, again, great artists, great. If you want to hear musicianship, this album is what you need to listen to. I mean, it is so, so flawless, man. It, you will hear so much if you sit down and listen. You got to stop moving. You got to, you have to digest it. And even now, all these years later, I still get something from this album when I hear it. So yeah, that that uh, that definitely makes my, uh, and again, these are in no particular order, but that's number one on my list um, because I just jotted them down. So I went off the, <laughs> off the top of the head. Uh, so yeah, that's number one on my list. Number two, I have written down, Purple Rain from Prince and the Revolution. Um, this album came out in 1984. Uh, so I was a little older. <laughs> but um, man, this album blew me away. I mean, I was already a Prince fan at that stage of my life. And um, I think I turned 12 that year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna date myself in this podcast, but I don't care. I'm 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 older, but I'm dope and I'm cool. So and plus, y'all rock with me, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Purple Rain, man. I mean, the movie I thought was was dope as hell. Uh, and maybe one day I'll do a podcast on the movie. But um, that album, man, it's only it's if I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me, but I think album's only like nine tracks, but. Prince, I mean, he just crushes every song. Um, you know the hits. I mean, even if you and I've over the years, I've grown to appreciate it even more. Like when I hear stories about like the guitar riff that he did on when Doves cried to open up the song, he only did it one time, and so like he's never re, he's never duplicated that before or had it re-recorded or anything like that. Um, and again, I'm just I'm a huge, huge Prince fan. Uh always will be. And I've mentioned on you know previous podcasts that uh, you know, Prince is passing um more than anybody else that I can remember really affected me. And I, I didn't really know how much I mean, I knew how much he meant to me, but you know, it really, really felt like I lost somebody close. And it even listening to his music now is kind of weird because I still feel like he's here even though he's really, really not. But, um, man, Purple Rain is a smash, flawless, top to bottom. Um, uh, Computer Blues, probably my favorite song on the album. But, um, yeah, if you haven't heard it in a while, man, give Purple Rain a run. Uh, dope, 
dope album. Never get. I had the. I had the album, and I had a. I remember I had a. I had a forty-five. I think I had. Yeah, I had a forty-five too. Um, uh, it was when Dove's Cry was on the A side and the B side was Seventeen Days, and Seventeen Days wasn't on the album, but Seventeen Days is one of my favorite Prince songs. Um, and that's the dope thing about Prince, man. Prince has B side songs that are better than <laughs> most of your catalog of your uh, favorite uh, singers. So. Um, yeah, Purple Rain, dope, dope, dope. Um, number three, I got written down here, Illmatic, Nas. <sighs> Man, this album came out in 1994. Uh, I was in college at the time. I had never heard anything like this. Um, I remember listening to it the first couple of times that I listened to it and I was immediately blown away. But I think the thing that I remember maybe after my third or fourth listen, I got mad because I looked at the uh, liner notes. Shout out to the liner notes. And um, I realized the album was only 39 minutes. (laughs) And, you know, back in back in those days in hip hop, you weren't used to seeing an album that short. But, um, you know, Nas said what he had to say in 39 minutes and it was incredible. I think this is one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. And I think most hip hop historians will agree Um, where you rank it. I don't know, but you know, it's it. You could make a case that it is the greatest hip hop record and you would get no arguments from a lot of people. Um, But yeah, Nas, I mean, my favorite track on the album is uh, probably New York State of Mind. But flawless album, no skippable tracks. I mean, lyrical wizardry. And it is mind boggling to think that Nas wrote this album when he was 19 years old. I guess that's that's crazy to me. So, you know, he was we were about the same age, you know, and I was and I was in college and he's sitting here writing. He's pinning this uh, masterpiece, if you will. Um but yeah, I, I love it. Love Nas. And, um, you know, this is an album that is, you know, still in my rotation to this day. I, I kid you not. And I've mentioned it on other, other podcasts, but I listen to this album every week. Seriously, <laughs> every week, every Friday, I listen to Illmatic. It's just it's just what I do. So um, dope album. If you haven't had a chance to listen to it, check it out. Um I don't know why you shouldn't be listening to it. You should be listening to it every Friday as well. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's Illmatic. Um, number four that I have written down as far as my uh, nine uh, good albums. Painful. Eric B. and Rakim. <sighs> I can make a case, and I have on several other podcasts. Uh, that this is the greatest hip hop album of all time. <laughs> uh, some may disagree, but um, it is probably my. What am I gonna say? Probably it's my favorite hip hop album. Period. Um, this album was one of the albums where I fell in love with hip hop. Um, if you've been following this podcast and listening to this podcast, uh, you know that I'm a huge hip hop head. And I've always have been. And this is one of the reasons why this album came out in 1987. Um, 
I was, you know, a teenager just trying to find my way. And I tell people all the time, like, when this album came out, imagine your favorite album or an album that you really, really wanted to hear is out, but you can't get it because it's sold out. It's not in the stores. It's not like you can't go anywhere. So you got to cop a dub from somebody. You got to dub their tape. Um, there weren't a lot of copies of this album initially, like when it first came out in, I want to say July. I don't think I got it until August. I had to wait like a couple of weeks before I actually got the album. But um, I Ain't No Joke was my theme song. Eric B for president. My melody, one of probably my top five favorite hip hop songs of all time. Um, just an incredible album front to back. Now I know... People like my man Eclectic. Shout out to E. He didn't like Chinese arithmetic. Who cares? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's a dope album. Uh, I think it's a must-have for any hip hop head. Um, and again, it's it's it was a part of my soundtrack of my lifetime. So if you were to do a movie on my lifetime, uh, you know, paid in full has to be in there somewhere. Uh, God forbid if I were to pass away tomorrow, uh, you better pay, you better play paid in full, a song from play paid in full at my funeral. That is a request. Um, it's in my will. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, yeah. Paid in full. That is on my list. Um, number five, midnight marauders, a tribe called quest. Man, this album came out in 1993. I was in college at the time. Uh, This was a Tribe Called Quest's third album. So they were following up their smash and classic album, Low End Theory. So many people had doubts as to how this album would sound. Could Tribe do it again? So forth and so on. When this album came, I lost my mind. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think one of the things that uh, resonates with me is where I was at this particular time. Um, I had a couple of failed relationships. Uh, I was playing football in college and, and that wasn't really going the way that I wanted it to go. And when this album came and this album kind of injected a different type of vibe and steez into me that I had never had before. And um, I loved it, man. And it was it was a soundtrack to, you know, things turning around for me. Uh, just on a personal note, and um, this album will always bang to me, man. I mean, from the classic, you know, we got the jazz to, um, I'm sorry, not we got the jazz. What am I talking about? <laughs> not we got the jazz. I meant to say electric relaxation. Uh, we got the jazz was on uh, low end theory. My bad. Um, electric relaxation um, to Steve Biko to, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, award tour. I mean, they not only was it critically acclaimed, but again, it's hailed as a classic in many hip hop circles. So, um, but not only that, again, th- this album just really, really spoke to me. And this is an album that I listen to still in my rotation. I still bump it. Um, it doesn't matter. And it's one of the albums I think that, at least for me on a personal note, when I play it, I always feel better. I like. I don't have to get in a mood to listen to this, but when I put it on, I'm, I don't care if I'm in a bad mood, 
I am going to be in a much better mood. Um, you know, if there's a particular day uh, where I'm stuck in traffic here in Atlanta going home or something like that, I'll put it on and, you know, it changes the mood because, you know, you want to <laughs> you want to be in a good mood in traffic, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Midnight Marauders, um, A Tribe Called Quest, man, shout out to Fife, rest in peace. Um, I, I love it. I love it. It, it. it never gets old, never. And it doesn't sound stale. It sounds just as dope now as it did back then. And um, I'm pretty sure that there's a podcast <laughs> coming on this album. Just stay tuned. Um, then uh, let's see for number six. My life. Mary J. Blige. Man, listen, <laughs> this album came out in 1990. I can't forget it. It's 1994. Yeah, 94. I was in college at the time. Um, it wasn't What's the 411. And I love What's the 411. But this album had everything in it, man. It had the ballads. It had the, the jams. It had, I mean, it. It was a feel-good album. Um, I always found it interesting about this album that uh, a lot of people identified with the title track, My Life. And if you listen to the words, I mean, she sounded so down, out, and depressed. And a lot of people will tell you that this, that they think that this is Mary J. Blige's best work. And it's unfortunate that her life was in such a tailspin that we got such great music and so many so many people identify with that sound and you know what she was able to project but um man this album (laughs) one of the things i remember about this album too is that when it came out like i could this this album you you could pretty much bump anywhere. You could bump it in a car. You could bump it in a house when you're cleaning up on Saturdays. Uh, it, it didn't matter. Um, one of the things that will always stand out to me uh, with this album was uh, I met a girl, um, and not soon after we started talking in college, that we both shared you know, commonality and love in this album. So we would talk about this album all the time. And so, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Years later, uh, we get married and have kids and we're still together. <laughs> Almost 18 years of marriage uh, at the time of this recording. So, yeah, I met my wife, um, Sharice. And so this was an album that we kind of identified when we were both of us with music heads. And, um, we really bonded over this album. Um, so this is kind of like our album. So, you know, you know and, and, you know, when I would come, I come through, scoop her up in my, <laughs> in my Nissan Sentra sitting on 13s. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we ride around and stuff. We listen to this album and talk about it and just talk about music. And um, so this album is kind of sentimental in that sense. So, you, you know, your boy 12, Kyle, I mean, I'm a sentimental guy, so uh, yeah. So that that that's our album. So um, so yeah, uh, me and Sharice, we we vibe to that. So um, but other than that, it's it's still a dope ass album. Um, listen to it if you haven't in a while. Mary J. Blige, My Life. Um, 
Number seven, Illadelf Half-Life, The Roots. Uh, now, I did a podcast on this album um, when it came when it hit the 20 year anniversary in 1996, because that's the year that it came out. Um, this album, man. Oh, my gosh. There's there's a lot that I can say about this album, but I, I said a lot of it on the podcast. But um, I really identify with this album. Another album that I listen to weekly. <laughs> there's a theme here. Um, I mean, the Roots crew, Black Thought. Malik B, of course, Questlove, uh, the whole crew, I, flawless, flawless album. Um, I think my favorite song on there is the the hypnotic. Uh, yeah, the hypnotic is that's my joint. <laughs> that's my joint. But um, man, I it, it, this album still resonates to this day, and you you. You can play it over and over and over again, and you can hear so many different things. Um, and this is an album that, like, again, I, I listen to it all the time, and I still, you know, are able to pick up different things that I've, you know, maybe missed over the years. But um, it's a good, good, smooth album. Um, you can put it on in the car. You can put it on at crib. Just put it in your ear when you're working out. Uh, phenomenal album. If you haven't listened to it, please do yourself a favor. Uh, but yeah, that that that's my joint. That's my joint. <laughs> Roots Crew. Um, number eight. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Public Enemy. Nineteen eighty eight, the greatest year in hip hop. I was in high school when this album came out. And this album was so black. This album was blackity black. <laughs> and I loved it. Um, I think one of the things that this album uh, stood for, at least to me uh, at that particular time, was self-awareness of who you are, who you were as a young black man. Um, a lot of what they talked about you know, were some of the issues that we face as young black men, but it also talked about, you know, being proud of who you are, you know, and, and public enemy in that album, they dropped so much science, but it didn't, they never came off as preaching in that album to me, at least to me, they didn't. Um, but it was about black power, black pride. Um, there probably won't, well, I'm not gonna say probably, I'm pretty sure there'll never be another album that black, Again, there haven't been many after that, but um, again, another album that in many hip hop circles, as far as hip hop purists, uh, will deem a classic. Uh, it's definitely a classic in my eyes, an all time classic. Um, I, I this album again, another album that stays in the rotation, never gets tired of playing it at any level. Um, favorite track is probably black steel in the hour of chaos um i mean that piano i mean you can't beat that piano <laughs> uh yeah so that's that's number um number eight uh and finally last but not least number nine raisin hell run dmc whoo <laughs> Um, this album for me, uh, it, it, it had just about 
any and everything that you wanted to have in an album. Uh, first of all, it was Run DMC. You know, that goes without saying. Run DMC, hands down, by far the greatest hip hop group ever. Uh, they set the bar so high. And back in this album came out in 86. 86's album drops, drops. I think I'm in middle school, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I'm in middle school. And everybody wanted to be cool like Run DMC. Everybody. So you had to have your shell toes, no shoelaces. You had to have your Adidas jacket. Um, you had to have your fedoras. and Whatever you could do to look like those guys. But it was more to it than that. They just they produced a dope-ass album. The album starts off with Peter Piper. Then it goes to It's Tricky. Then it goes to My Adidas. Then it goes to Walk This Way. Those are four hits, four smash hits. Um, I never get tired of this album. Um, And of course, this album did produce the greatest 27 second song in hip hop history, Son of Biford. (laughs) So, I mean, like, you, you can't, there's not enough words in the English language to describe this album. Um, it, it never gets old, never gets old from you be illin to dumb girl, uh, to end the proud to be black. Um, man, this album again, stays in rotate. I mean, all of these albums that I mentioned stay in my rotation. Uh, I go to them quite often and, um, you know, of course, it goes without saying this is a hip hop classic, all time classic. Um, but, you know, one thing I found in trying to make this I, when I saw, you know, Questlove's list, when I saw BZ430's list, you know, I was thinking, OK, yeah, it, you know, me come up with nine albums that, you know, define me or that I love and made me, you know, and, and hold some type of significance that are flawless. I thought it'd be pretty easy and I started writing and I think the first four and again, I didn't write these in any particular order, but I think I wrote four down and then I got stumped because it was just like, okay, what about this album? I mean, like, what about this album? What about that album? So, you know, it's not as easy as it looks. Um, so yeah, that's my nine, nine good albums that, you know, bump for me. And, um, you know, I would I would encourage all of you hit me up or put it on your Instagram or Twitter, or whatever, wherever you want to post this. Uh, you're not good albums. And if you got a podcast, put it on yours. Um, I don't know if this is a movement or a wave. It's just something I saw on Instagram today. So I figured, you know, if Questlove thought it'd be dope, if B thought it was dope, you know, I could make it dope as well. So uh, that's going to do it for me. Thank you again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.